Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me slash discord. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. forward 
Mayhem and silence fuse to the beckoning voice in the way black absorbs all colors. The ground you walk on is soft and wet like clay, but your feet leave no marks and make no sound. The footsteps of a ghost. Is this real? A stagnant, putrid mist blankets the infinite sky, refracting purples and blues and black. Within the mist, grotesque shapes and shadows float above, swim below, and crawl beside you. Their size is catastrophic. Creatures or planets? Your eyes scream, but your mouth, overwhelmed by the taste of your own rotting teeth, is hushed. This cannot be real. Is this real? A cold breath chills the back of your neck as long and thin fingernails painfully rake at your back and shoulders. You are unable to turn around. You know you are not alone. The voice pulling you now thunders in your ears, Ellie, when suddenly the mist releases your body. You are unnerved as a hideous presence materializes on your left. You turn to see... Father Flint Westwater? Hey! <laughs> and then there are more people here, too. Looking past Flint, you see Johnny Rhodes. Then, turning back to your right, Ellie, you see Lance Kilkenny... And Jeremiah Fensworth is lurking in the distance beyond him. And where are we exactly? The five of you appear to be standing on a narrow, bone-white structure that is smooth like ivory with no finer details. This reminds you of a bridge. Yeah, like, what are those fingernail things still happening? Because I want to know what the hell that is. Also, yeah, regarding the fingernails, I don't know how this game works exactly. Do I roll to see if my character's aroused, or is that like a character decision (laughs) that I make? I think you have to do that internally, Chuck, and I know how you're going to roll. We're not kink-shaming here. (laughs) You are not aroused. (laughs) You don't just get to decide that for me. (laughs) This is not an Alanis Morissette mythos. Now can you feel it? (laughs) Real quick, in relation to um, Johnny and I, where is the gang? They are in the center of the bridge. We're at the end of it. Johnny and Jeremiah being closest to these ends, you think you see what looks like the hands of little children pressing against the edge of the fog and occasionally breaking through. Okay. Is that happening under the bridge as well? You look down and you see a glassy surface 
floating above a... It's difficult to describe, but a sentient void of blackness. And there are wisps of mist blowing in over the top of it. Even though you don't really have a fear of heights, you are feeling a rush of terror from this view. Okay, I want to take out my little Red Rider BB rifle. I want to shoot it down into the void. You just want to you just want to fire stuff into the void. <laughs> this isn't Twitter. <laughs> Johnny reaches uh, back for his rifle, realizing that he does not have it. Wait, wait. Do I have my butter knife? You check your belt, Johnny, and there's no butter knife and no Bowie knife. That was my grandmother's butter knife. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Do any of us have weapons? You are all presently weaponless. Except for my fists. But not your not your sharpened cross, though. Just your fists. <laughs> well, that's fucked up. So this demon took our crosses. What demon? <laughs> Whatever's happening. Uh, I want to inspect this bridge. Okay. In what way? As a as a structural engineer? <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure that it's sound. It's nothing of this earth, as as far as you can tell. It doesn't look like any material that you've seen before. It's very white and lacks definition. So you're describing me. Yes. <laughs> Johnny is going to walk towards the rest of the group because he's not real keen on being alone. Okay, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Last time that I left the end of a bridge, we got ambushed. <laughs> yeah, roll for listen. Yeah, can I listen? Can I listen to the mist? Yeah, you can do whatever you'd like with the caveat that it it might drive you insane. I want to listen to the mist. Is that a Nicholas Sparks book? Okay, so if you want to listen to the mist, uh, go ahead and give me a, a listen roll. That's a 51. That's a success. Johnny, when you listen to the mist and you listen very closely, you hear a low rumble sound like a droning and the droning collapses into another sound. And that is the beating of a heart. Yep, definitely going to the middle of the bridge with the rest of the team. (laughs) So Johnny joins the rest of the party in the middle of the bridge Jeremiah, would you like to rejoin the group or hang out at the end of the bridge? Yeah, I don't want to be difficult. I'm about to shit my britches. Let's get over there. <laughs> Y'all, this this seems an awful lot like the bridge that we started this whole thing on, except like shittier. Is there a body hanging down there with your knife on it? I mean, that's a good point. Is Can we go to the spot where the body was hanging Ooh, when yeah. we were there? Is there something over there? You are welcome to go take a look over the side. All right. I'll go take a peek over the edge. Lance, you step out of the group and walk over to roughly where you pushed Maxwell Posey off the Canateo Railroad Bridge. You hesitantly look out over the edge and you see a chain 
it's anchored to a small white islet on the side of the bridge. The chain is about a quarter inch thick, and it's in pristine condition. It looks basically untouched. The chain reaches down through that glassy surface deep into the void. Lance, you can't tell how long the chain is or whether there's anything at the end of it. What do you see over there, Lance? I see a little bit of a chain going down. There's nothing really I can tell you other than it's uh, it's not giving me a good feeling. Can I pull the chain up? Do it. Okay, uh, do I need to roll? Roll for chain pulling. He seems proficient. I feel like we've done this before. Yeah, you you were able to pull up Maxwell in one tug. So I think if... (laughs) (laughs) It's never not going to be funny. It might be a challenge uh, to pull this chain up by yourself, but I'm willing to let you uh, take a crack at doing that. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Okay. All right. It seems to be moving. So you are you're making progress. It does not seem to be particularly heavy. There, there doesn't seem to be anything on the end of this chain. Actually, wait. You're starting to see a shape breach that glassy black layer, and the chain is getting much heavier now. There's something at the end, it looks like. But you're still able to pull this chain up by yourself without a strength check for some reason. Lance, you get the chain all the way up to the edge of the bridge, and it looks like a human body at the end of this chain. Oh no, I have a body. (laughs) But it's the strangest thing because the body is blurry, for lack of a better word. There's nothing specific obscuring the body, but you just can't make out any defining features. Hey, uh... Jeremiah, do you mind coming over here and taking a look at this? How come, Luke? Okay, Jeremiah hobbles over to where Lance is standing at the edge of the bridge with the body dangling off the side. Can we can we pull it up on the bridge and lay it out? Yeah, absolutely. Alright, let's do that. Jeremiah and Lance pull this presumably dead body up onto the bridge and lay it out flat for everyone to see. And just like for Lance, the body is blurry to everyone. And you just can't make out who this is. Johnny would like to reach down and check where he put that butter knife before. Yeah, that is definitely something I'm going to consider letting you do. (laughs) And you're dead. (laughs) So Johnny kneels down next to this body to inspect the belt to see if there is a butter knife there. And Johnny, you can now make out the distinguishing features of this corpse. And Johnny, Johnny, will you give me a sanity check? Yeah, I think I should. All right. Sanity check is a 14. That's an extreme success for Johnny, who is now getting a good look at the body. This is a man with patches of brittle hair scattered across the top of his head. 
the softness and color of his skin reminds you of curdled milk. You think this body has been decomposing in water for a very long time. There are... are those leaves in the mouth? His clothing is a mangled button-up shirt, slacks, and a jacket. Everything is stained with black blood and what you think is pond algae. As you look down toward the belt on the body, Johnny, you see a dismembered hand, and it's grasping the man's left wrist. You think it's a woman's hand. There's no jewelry on it, and it looks like it was cut off cleanly above the wrist. There is no doubt that you know this man, Johnny. This is your old friend and associate. Johnny recoils in horror. With Johnny's extreme success on his sanity check, I am only going to take one sanity point for this horrifying sight that he just experienced. Okay. I am so sane. So what'd you see, Johnny? That was, uh... It, it was Jack. That... That don't make no sense. Uh... What is this place? Who's Jack? Jack was my... My partner. We, we was working in Wilmington. We'd heard some things about some... Religious zealots... There was all sorts of all sorts of rumors about strange rituals and people going missing and Well anyway, one night we caught the trail of one of them and and we gave chase. And Jack damn near caught up to her when she jumped into Bradley Creek and sure enough Jack dove in after her. I was up on the shore keeping lookout while he treaded water waiting for her to come up but We never saw hide nor hair of that woman. And Jack was about ready to give up when it... When it grabbed him. Something reached up and pulled him into that cold water. He managed to come up once for air, but... I could see the the fear was white as snow in his eyes. And then he screamed and he got pulled under again. Shit, that was... That was more than a year ago. I ain't, I ain't saying I seen nothing, but whatever I saw was a shape blacker than those dark waters. I don't know much, but I know what I seen, and that thing weren't human. So I packed up and headed west as far as I could get from whatever was going on in North Carolina. Are, are you okay? I mean, I guess. Uh, I don't. I don't understand any of this. It's got a. It, it was holding a hand. What? It was. It was holding a hand. Huh. Is the hand holding a note that says whose hand it is? <laughs> if if found, please return to. Well, I want to take a look at it. Jeremiah, it's not 
uh, quite as easy to get down on the ground as it is for Johnny, but you do work your way down there and, and get down yeah. On, yeah. on both knees and, and take a closer look. Yeah. Uh, as the... As, it, as the face begins to sharpen for you, I would like you to give me a sanity check, Wes, for Jeremiah. I got a 29. That is a success. Nonetheless, a grisly sight manifests in front of your eyes, Jeremiah. This is the corpse of a man who has been badly burned you can smell and taste an acrid smoke just looking at this man. His lower jaw is missing entirely, and the upper teeth that do remain are charred black. Most of the skin has been fused by fire to the skull and is covered in soot. The eyes have half turned into ash, and there are large holes burned into this body. The clothing is nearly disintegrated, but Jeremiah, you know this man is dressed for mining. This man is, or was, your brother. God damn it. Jeremiah is clearly affected by seeing his brother, but with a successful sanity check, he will only lose two sanity points. Yeah, Jack don't look good, does he? I didn't see no Jack. That's my brother. That's my dog. Hang on one second. (laughs) He wanted to be on the show. Now you listen here, you may be younger than me, and you may know your friend Jack, but that ain't Jack, that's my brother, I recognize my brother anywhere because he's my damn brother, he's not some guy named Jack, do you hear me? Jeremiah, what what is your brother's name? It's my brother's name is Joseph, that's Joseph. Yeah, somebody tell this old man he's crazy. I've had many people tell me I'm crazy throughout my whole life. I don't need to add you to the list, you scumbucket. I think I think I'd maybe need to take a closer look at this body over here. Lance wants to look for himself and realizes that he's going to need to get closer to see who this is. Before he looks at the body, Jay, please give me a sanity check for Lance. Uh, I rolled a 20. Okay, that's a hard success for Lance. Lance, you see an older gentleman wearing a mustache. He dons a brown vest with a black overcoat. He has an ammunition belt around his waist. And his vest is torn and bloodstained in the center of his chest. He has clearly suffered a bullet-inflicted wound, and Lance, you know that you shot this man. Ah, shit. This man is Colin Brock's former partner. 
I can't believe I'm seeing this. Lance's sanity is mostly spared with the successful check. He'll lose just one sanity point. I can't believe I'm seeing this. What's going on here? Where are we? What place is this? What madness? Wait, Lance, who are you seeing? A man I know is dead. Dead and gone. A man who happened to be the partner of one Colin Brock. The man that we're supposed to be hunting. We have to get out of this place. I, I don't know what's going on. Johnny, you said you saw your former partner. Jeremiah, you saw your brother. Well, what do they see? Perhaps Ellie and Father Flint should come take a look at this. I want to see just because I don't think I've killed anyone before. At least I don't want to think that I've killed anyone before or known anyone that's died like this. Father, I I ain't killed nobody neither. And my guess is Jeremiah didn't kill his brother. (laughs) Don't let me put words in your mouth, Jeremiah. I ain't killed my brother. He he died in a mine. Y'all ain't care to hear it. I didn't say that, but let me take a look. Father Flint also gets down on the ground to take a closer look at this body. Brandon, please give me a sanity check for the father. I rolled a 30. Good job. It's another success. (laughs) Thank you. It is the fortitude of the priesthood. This is a female figure. The face is... Something is wrong here. The face doesn't seem like a face at all. It's... It's as though thin patches of skin have been sewn around the eyes and lips. So there are no eyes and no mouth. Uh, But you can't see any thread. This is disturbing, to say the least. And despite this abnormality, Father, this face is very familiar to you. You recognize this corpse as your mother. Oh. The sight of your mother, Father Flint, did not phase you as much as one might expect, and you will lose just two sanity points from this experience. I I haven't seen my mother since I joined the priesthood. She was the only person who ever really saw the good in me. Why is her face like that? Sheriff, you gonna take a gander? Ellie's already decided who she's going to see, and she's just going to look at the body without hesitation. Like with resolve. First, Alex, give me a sanity check for Ellie. Uh, 60. Okay, so you have failed your sanity check. You also see a woman. But this is you. No! (laughs) And it looks like you've been just kind of stretched beyond human limits. Your eyes and your skin are colorless, like all the life and blood have been drained out of your body. 
you're describing me in real life, so I need a second. (laughs) (laughs) This is just being a mom, so I just need like a minute to get back into (laughs) And Ellie, before you can stand up to face the group, your corpse shifts its lifeless eyes toward you and purses its blue lips as if to speak. You blink and wonder if that really happened. Ooh, that's creepy. Well, that's fucked up. I fully expected that she would see her dad. Now, Ellie, if you'll just roll a D8 for sanity loss since you failed your check. Okay. Three. Okay, Ellie has lost three sanity points, so not much more than the rest of the gang. Okay. I started at this end of the bridge, and I'm going to point at whatever end of the, the bridge that is. When when we was here last time, that went to Canateo. And the other way went to Olvido. I think we walked towards Olvido. I, I I have to agree with Johnny. I think we should head that way. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to start walking towards that end, end of the bridge. Okay, so you walked along the bridge toward, I guess, what would be equivalent to the Oviedo side of the bridge you were previously on in the other world. And you don't get but 20 feet before you're standing at the edge of the mist. I want to, like reach out into the mist. Are you sure? I think I'm going to regret that. Y'all watch as Johnny reaches into the mist and then he's gone. You blink and rub your eyes and he's just not there anymore. It's almost like Johnny was never there, but he was. Right? Johnny! Hey, Johnny! Johnny! Can I reach out to see if I can grab Johnny? Okay, so Jeremiah reaches out into the mist to uh, recover Johnny, and he he fades from existence as well. What's up, Jeremiah? How you doing, man? We're keeping the camera on the bridge right now, but yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's my turn to walk through the mist. Okay, so Lance also, he just... I w- love that, like, there's a distinct chance that we're just all dead. <laughs> Lance walks into the mist and disappears. He can't kill all of us. I will also touch the mist. Bye. <laughs> it's a challenge. Season two will start in uh, <laughs> April. Yeah, this is th- this was a trust fall, but it was a mistake. <laughs> Father Flint walks into the mist as well, disappearing, leaving Ellie on the bridge alone. Oh, come on. This is peer pressure. <laughs> I, I love the idea of you just deciding to stay there. <laughs> on NBC's This Fall, it's me and my dead self. <laughs> I guess I'm going too. So Ellie also follows the gang into the mist and disappears from the bridge. 
the five of you have been transported to a new environment, and in some ways it feels like you just woke up, but you are still in this peculiar world, standing now on a sheet of something like black glass. Beneath your feet, beneath the glass, there are chains that seem to crack a little bit, releasing a black mist with every step that you take. You're again surrounded by mist, but this time there are chains hanging everywhere. Thousands of chains, and you cannot see what they are anchored to. These chains are suspended in the void all around you. So it's like a Rammstein video. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it is. I should have had some music queued up. Do. Do. Is there any mist we can touch? Uh, yeah, you can probably take a swipe at the mist. Yeah, I'll do that. Jeremiah thinks this is a good idea. He walks over to the misty area and... Writes himself out of this section. (laughs) (laughs) He extends his left hand slowly into the mist and a child's hand... No. ...reaches out and brushes Jeremiah's fingertips. Yikes. (laughs) Fuck that. An unsettling, almost demonic giggle accompanied that touch. Oh, God. (laughs) Am I able to punt this child? (laughs) Oh, no. It it vanished back into the mist. Whatever you do, do not touch the mist. (laughs) (laughs) You said... Just to get the joke out of the way, the two chains are in the room, right? (laughs) There's a concert happening to the left. One chain is suspended directly in front of your group at the waist level, and this one stands out and seems a little bit different. It is running straight into a thick black fog about 15 yards ahead. Can I pull on that chain? Uh, sure. Sure. Give me a strength check for Johnny. Oh, yeah, because I'm real good at that. (laughs) A strength check. Yeah, that's a 75. I am not strong. All right, so you... I'd like to pull on the chain. You pull on that (laughs) chain and... Out of the way, bitch. You pull pull on the chain and it doesn't doesn't even move. (laughs) you've, You've had no effect on this chain. Varsity football wants to pull on the chain. Let it happen. <laughs> so Lance is going to pull on the chain? I. Lance now looks like Ogre to me from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> All right, Jay, give me a strength check on Lance's chain pull. Nerds! All right. <laughs> okay, that time I rolled a 60. My strength is a 50. You really hyped yourself up to be a strong guy, but... We know the truth. You are lanky. (laughs) Lance pulls on the chain next, and it has a little more give than it did for Johnny, but his effort pretty clearly has no effect on whatever's on the other end of this chain. What if we all pull on the chain? Good idea. In, like, tug-of-war? We're we're all pulling on the chain? (sighs) Together. All right, everyone, get lined up. (laughs) This is the best idea we have. 
You're gonna wanna squat low and do most of the pulling with your legs and core. Now, I've always been told that you should lift with your back and hold your breath. The body produces all the oxygen it needs under stress. And twist. Okay, the five of you line up along this chain and find your grip. You alternate strong and weak players with Ellie anchoring the team since she has the highest strength score. I don't know if y'all realize that. Wow. They didn't. I say this all the time. Now go ahead and give me strength checks and we will see how you did as a team. I got a 37. I passed. I got a 20, so I passed. I got a 23. I did not pass. I got a 44. So so everyone passed except for Johnny, who is once again dead weight. This is not my thing. (laughs) You give, you kind of count down and and give this chain a a group tug. And can we not? Suddenly. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I need I, I need a thesaurus. A group tug? You're not no, you're trying. You're trying. Sorry, I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? It's fucking hilarious. It's such an effort just to get this done. Your group with great effort pulls on this chain platonically. And you feel a disproportionate movement on the other end. You glimpse a small figure enveloped by a tall and dark cloud of mist. And this figure is draped in black robes with its back turned to you. Oh, shit. The robes seem to be the source of that black fog, which is now pouring out. The figure turns its head toward your group, and then you begin feeling like you're being pulled between worlds, and everyone is now coming back into consciousness. You feel like you've been asleep for days, but you're exhausted at the same time. You have no idea how much time has passed, but there's much more light now, so it's probably morning. That was the most vivid dream you've ever had, if it was a dream. You remember every detail. Ellie and Lance, you are on the floor inside of what seems to be Sparky's cabin, and there is no sign of Sparky or the other three investigators here. The cabin reeks of smoke, but everything looks about how you left it. Most of the rubbish in and around the fireplace has burned away. No. There is no sign of Sparky's bag or its contents, and the copper bowl he used to mix his powder in is also gone. I'm going to go open the damper now. Okay. We've got to tie that loop off. Lance moseys over to the fireplace and ducks his head and upper body inside. He sees a little handle on the damper door and gives that a quick pull. Jay, give me a percentage roll for Lance, but I'm not going to say what it's for yet. Yikes. 
Lance got a 10 again. Several rats fall through the opening, hitting Lance in the face. Ah! Fortunately for Lance, these are dead rats, uh, posing no threat to him except the plague, maybe. (laughs) It's a luck roll. That did give you a bit of a startle, Lance, but there's nothing else remarkable inside this fireplace or chimney. All right. Well, uh, there's some dead rats in here, but doesn't look like anything too dangerous. You don't notice anything else different about the cabin, but you are free to continue investigating. Or would you like to step outside and see if you can find the other three investigators? So, yeah. I'll go with him. Okay. While Lance and Ellie were inside the cabin... Johnny, Father Flint, and Jeremiah were regaining consciousness just outside in the shadow of Sparky's cabin. Were you walking in your sleep, or did someone move you here? Jeremiah, you wake up to what's really the strangest sensation. Like I've been to a York peppermint patty? (laughs) That's what I was going to say. The smell and warmth and chunky texture make you wonder if something has just vomited on your face. What? Or if this is just part of that horrible dream. Jeremiah, as you wipe that disgusting mess off of your face, you realize that you are looking at some kind of beast. I think this thing's done messed me. You quickly crawl backwards away from the beast, and what you see looks like a reddish-brown deer face, but there are no antlers. Its hooves are kind of reminiscent of a horse, but this certainly is not a horse. Horses' backs do not look like this. And at about this time, Father Flint is awakened by Jeremiah's yelp. And you look over to see, Father, what you believe is a camel. You've read about these in the Bible. Oh shit, that's a camel. (laughs) Uh, I want to look around it for like markings or anything on top of it or anything like that. Or if it's just like a wild camel. Father Flint, you size up this camel and seeing no man-made equipment or markings... You believe that it probably is a wild camel, and it's enormous, about 15 to 20 feet tall. I'm sorry, 15 to 20 feet tall? This is a 20-foot tall camel? That's a very tall thing. This is a dinosauric camel. (laughs) It's a Lovecraftian camel. 20 feet is a two-story tall camel? That's a fucking dinosaur, cuppy. (laughs) That camel is taller than my house. Maybe this was a bad estimate by Father Flint and not a lack of research by the keeper. It's actually a giant 10-foot tall camel. Still a massive camel. It's a single-humped camel, though, right? This is a dromedary camel with one hump on its back. This is the tallest species of camel, as you have learned. (laughs) Anyone know why the fuck there's a camel here? Why is it standing over me? 
Is it a little suspicious that there's a camel here after we went through all that Egyptian stuff earlier? Huh. I do have some nerdy camel knowledge. <laughs> oh, this is good. Okay, here we go. Ole Miss knowledge coming in. Dish. So I was a double major in history and journalism. This was actually a movement involving Jefferson Davis, like the president of the Confederacy, as we know, maybe 20 years before the Civil War, using camels because they were stronger than mules to be able to carry things. But the problem was they were antagonistic and they bothered the horses too much and everything else. They just let them loose in the desert. And so for years you had these like kind of like tall tales and legends of these giant camels. And so a second ago when you said like, 20 feet tall, that sounds ridiculous, but it would be, I don't know this for sure, it would be unsurprising to me if there were, like, legends of, like, a 20-foot camel, like, killing somebody. Oh, shit. Fucking A. That's awesome. Yeah, hey, Sheriff, you seem to know a lot about this camel. What do you make of this? <laughs> well, I did go to Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> so, naturally. That's in, that's in character. She went to Ole Miss. Civil War history. <laughs> kind of up my alley. And you said it has red hair, right? Yes. So it's a red herring. Yes. I don't know what you're going to do with this camel. I guess you could ignore it or uh, try to kill it for meat. Uh, or you can believe I put this here because I thought it was cool that there were wild camels in the Old West. Uh, you could also use animal handling uh, to try to tame the camel. Yeah, but here's the thing, Mr. Disembodied Voice in my head. None of us is good at that. <laughs> yeah, but it's so fun to have a chance to roll 100, isn't it? All right, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go handle this camel. Uh, with an animal handling roll, you're gonna handle it. Y- yes, and I said that out loud to everyone. <laughs> I'm gonna go handle this camel. <laughs> All right, and I'm, and then I'm gonna walk up to it uh-huh. and. And roll a 72 on my fingers. Oh. I was talking in a low and calming voice. Okay, as you approached, yeah. And I was saying, hey there, fella. It's all right. I know. I understand. And then I'm walking closer to it as I'm saying this. Yeah, when you get a little bit too close, the camel does feel threatened by you and makes a, a short little charge at you, Johnny. And now I can use dodge, finally. It knocks you to the ground. Is what you were about to say. (laughs) You're really, I'm assuming you kind of dodged this. The camel did not kill you, which is very fortunate. It just knocked you aside to the ground and uh, did not run off completely. But it's, Jeremiah, you're quite free from the camel now. Y'all, this camel's a dick. Yeah, I reckon I told you it spit in my face. Johnny would like to look around and see if we arrived originally at this cabin on horseback. Yes. Are our horses still here? Yes. The camel has not tampered with your horses. They are still tied off where you left them outside the cabin. How long have they been there? There was a little post there. They have been tied up for about 14 hours. So they're okay. They could they could use some jerky, but they're fine. <laughs> Anybody think they could... Uh, Wrangle this camel enough to tie it up to one of these horses. You wanna, you wanna break the camel. <laughs> I wanna bring the camel with us. No, you wanna break the camel. Do you wanna domesticate it? What, what do I have to roll to get like to break the camel? Animal handling. 
with a percentage dice. If if you all are interested in doing that for Johnny, you can just roll at the same time and see if anybody hits the number. I'll do it. Um, I mean, I got close. I got an 86. I got a 39. It's a two. Holy, Holy shit. shit. <laughs> it worked. He fucking broke the camel. Did we break the camel? <laughs> Lance of the house kill Kenny, killer of rats, the father of dual pistols. Camel handler. <laughs> yes, breaker of camels. Oh, yes. How would you like to break this camel? Describe <laughs> it, please. I'm just going to walk over to it, pull its head down to me, and slowly, slowly pet it. <laughs> and sure enough, the camel loves it. The camel has become my friend. <laughs> I pronounce the name of this camel. Eric. <laughs> Eric the Red. Exactly. That was a big dramatic pause for Eric. So what, <laughs> does Johnny now just get a horse because Lance came over and romanced the camel? <laughs> yep. I'm not that eager to let Johnny ride this thing since... L- Fuck you. No, <laughs> no. He's riding the camel. I get a horse Johnny, now. Johnny, uh, you can walk over to my trusty uh, horse over there. He's uh, he's a good fella. He'll, he'll do you no wrong, and I'll, I'll ride Eric here. So you could probably do what Johnny suggested and kind of tie it off and let it follow you, or you can... I get, God, with a two, I'm going to let you ride it if you want to. Yeah, hell yeah. Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> you just want a horse. Well, and we have a camel now. Yeah. This is a group win. Dude, we're fucking balling out of control right now. We got a camel. So you're going to ride the camel bareback? Good God. Fuck yeah. Well, I mean, a horse saddle is not going to fit on a camel. Correct. So unless there's something I can string on it. Yeah. You just get up there and and you grip the top of that hump (laughs) betwixt your legs and kegel your way down the desert. (laughs) Let's go. I'm more emotionally invested in Eric the Camel than I am in Johnny. (laughs) So Lance is going to ride this camel bareback. Does somebody want to give him a boost up there? Nope. Nope. I can climb up. No, no, he handled that camel, and I know that they kneel down right. to let people climb on board. Okay, is this Lawrence of Arabia? Yes, that's how camel do. Um, so, yeah, the camel bends down to Lance, and Lance mounts the camel. Kneel before uh, Lance. <laughs> situates himself behind the hump and just kind of holds on to that hump for what I imagine is a very comfortable ride. Ergonomic. The rest of the party, you mount your horses, and Johnny, are you going to take Lance's horse now that he's riding Eric? Did you name your horse? Yeah, that's that's my horse, Sinead. Sinead and I are bonding. We're learning each other. <laughs> Johnny's going to ride Sinead. Finally has his own horse. Ellie's probably the happiest about this. <laughs> I'll be honest, Eric. I love you. I love you, my camel friend. But nothing compares to Sinead. Oh, God. (laughs) God damn it. Hey, why is there a torn up picture of the Pope underneath your horse? (laughs) 
He he just looks at the horse and says, "Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want." So we riding to Olvido still, or y'all spooked? We're riding to the town, right? Yeah, I'll go to Olvido. Let's get out of here. On four horses and Eric the Red Camel, you all begin to head north on the trail. And it's a pretty uneventful ride. But after about 30 minutes to an hour, you do start to see some other activity on the trail. You have an occasional rider passing by you. Although I will say they all slow down to get a real good look at Eric. (laughs) You do see one wagon carrying grain. And other than that, there's really not much happening until you come up on a pretty decent-sized town, small to mid-sized town. It's Las Cruces. It's not, but it's close. (laughs) (laughs) It's close to Las Cruces. It says, Welcome to Masia, on a kind of shoddy wooden sign. The trail appears to cut straight through Messia, so you can ride on through and see if anything interests you there, or you can do something else. Uh, I'd like to ride into the town and find a place for a camel saddle. You think they sell camel saddles? Uh, Johnny fancies a drink. Anyone else? Yeah, I reckon I could throw a few back. There are not that many people here. It seems like maybe... Uh, you've either caught Messia on a slow day, or this could be uh, a boom town on the decline. You're not you're not quite sure what's going on, but not a lot of activity. But everyone that you see is giving you a real long look uh, because you are a very interesting looking party at this point in time. It's the camel, isn't it? <laughs> it's the camel and the heavily armed uh, little group that you've put together. You see the Blue Owl Saloon, a little watering hole with a hitching post. That's on the left side of the road. Also on that side is a general store with a stoop that has a few barrels, uh, a wagon wheel, and some bags of feed on it. You can see signs on the general store for a post office and the Messiah Valley Gazette newspaper. So this seems like a multi-purpose building. Next to the general store, there is a doctor's office and barber. It looks like that's probably the same person. On the other side of the road, there is an open-air building housing a blacksmith's shop, leather goods, and a toothery. Toothery? Again, this is likely all run by the same person. All right, well, Johnny still wants a drink. All right, so that's the Blue Owl Saloon. I'm going to head to the Emporium or whatever store they have here. I want to pick up a newspaper. So you're all splitting up to go different places? <laughs> also, this is how you all die. <laughs> no, I'm going to go get housed with J- with Johnny. <laughs> how, what is, uh, where's Ellie headed here? Oh, we she's have... drinking. Ellie okay. is drinking. <laughs> you're goddamn right. <laughs> Ellie went to Ole Miss. <laughs> Ellie, Johnny, and Jeremiah, you walk through the swinging saloon doors and notice that it's pretty small in the Blue Owl, but this is a two-story building. There are stairs on the back wall with a sign shaped like an up arrow that says rooms. 
On your left, there's a slender man playing the piano. There are a handful of customers sitting at tables in the middle of the bar. And these guys look like they spend a lot of time here, kind of staring straight ahead, expressionless, taking occasional sips of brown liquor. On your right, the six bar stools are empty, and tending the bar looking directly at the three of you is a rather portly man with red hair. At least the hair he has left is red. He's wearing a gray apron and is cleaning glasses with a dirty rag. The bar looks pretty well stocked. All right, well, I'm going to belly up. Johnny grabs one of those stools at the bar, and Jeremiah and Ellie, you take the two stools next to Johnny. Hey, 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 barkeep, you got the makings for a mojito back there? (laughs) A mo what? A mojito. I'll have a blueberry daiquiri. (laughs) Dat ga je toch niet menen. You can't be serious. What you, what you got passing for whiskey around here? I've got just what you need, my friend. And he, he turns around and, and grabs a bottle off the very bottom shelf and <laughs> begins to, to pour a couple fingers worth into a, a small glass and then hands it over to Johnny. And Johnny takes a sip. Name's Dutch if you need anything else. Hey, Sheriff, what you drinking? Obviously whiskey. Yeah, Rick, I'm gonna have the same. You should have told me that before I poured. <laughs> no, I want you to go ahead and grab that again. I had to think about it. Why you, why, you should have waited until we said something. So he goes and pours a couple more of those... And, uh, and and presents them to Ellie and Jeremiah. Now you have three glasses of whiskey, although Johnny's already seems to be pretty much taken care of. Now mine's gone too. Leave the whiskey bottle. Listen, stranger. I'll pour the whiskey in my saloon. Not too kind of strangers, are ya? Do you think your weapons intimidate me? Barkeep, this ain't nothing but a red rider. <laughs> Little pop gun on your back. Yeah, I don't reckon I could break this whiskey glass with this gun. <laughs> what uh, town are you from? Well, we come from here and there. Say Dutch. You heard about any strange goings on around here? Not so much since Billy the Kid made off. You know the story. Uh, yeah, we're familiar. Pa- we're passing familiar. But let's say a feller ain't. there might be some note of the story that we don't quite have a good grasp of that you might want to go over in detail just in case it pertains to our current adventure (laughs) if you don't know Billy the Kid was sentenced to be executed here in Messiah but he escaped and killed two of our deputies on his way out of town I've heard about this he didn't try to keep the bodies did he why would he do that? That is an excellent question. Are you passing through or be needing a room? How much a room run? I'll get you a nice room for just $3 a week. $3? Shit. I give you one. Why do we need a room for a week? You leave your weapons here with me, we can talk $2. 
Or I shoot you and take the whole damn hotel. What do you want? Easy, Jeremiah. What? Fella's just trying to make a living. Fella's just trying to talk me out of my weapon. And his eyes are very big right now, looking at Jeremiah. You can read the numbers on it from afar, can't you? It says .45 on it. <laughs> hey, listen, Dutch. Don't pay him no mind. I I can keep him under control. What do you say we do a buck fifty? It's only ten in the morning. Do you need it now? You <laughs> what are proper check-in times around here? <laughs> this is a fucking holiday inn. What's the Wi-Fi password? Housekeeping will have the room ready at 3 p.m. <laughs> Checkout is at 11. Is there a continental breakfast? <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of judgment over here, Dutch. Yeah, Dutch, I'm going to choose option B. Just <laughs> where I shove this gun down your throat. <laughs> we don't need a room, guys. Let's just uh, focus on the drinks. Anyhow, which way are you heading, if you don't mind my asking? Might be we're heading north. Might be we're heading south. What's it to you? Folks like your privacy. I get it. Well, I mean, you could tell me what it's to you, and then maybe we'll tell you. Just curious is all. People don't go north anymore. Is there anything on the road up north we should be worried about? Which town are you heading to? Uh, I Johnny is going to look at Ellie and Jeremiah... In sort of a, are we telling him or no? Yeah, I'm looking at Ellie for that answer. <laughs> Why am I the one deciding if we tell? Because you have a badge. Okay. I think we need to be vague about it. So I give like a look of just, don't tell him everything, but. Well, we heard of a town up north had a, had a gang of some ruffians maybe we were going to take a look into. I don't believe that's a good plan. You want to elaborate on that opinion? Something's not right up north. Those people come through here and they are running. Did they mention escaping things like pixelated bodies on a white bridge? That ended up being related to them? I'm just asking questions. Uh, Dutch just looks at Jeremiah blankly while he cleans a glass. Cool. As uh, Johnny would like to take a look around the bar, is anybody else taking notice of this conversation? There are four other men in the bar, two of them drinking together, two drinking alone. This is the time of day when really the only people in here are the drunks. Hell yeah, my people. They're not in a uh, a great condition to, to interact with you, but, but you're certainly welcome to try. All right, Dutch. I'm going to level with you square. We're thinking about heading to Old Vito. What do you know about it? That's what I figured. Old Vito used to be a good mining town. But now, the mayor and his men have everyone scared shitless. Is it just the three of you heading up there? Yeah, just the three of us. And he kind of looks you up and down. You, you feel like he's taking an inventory of your weapons at this point. You're not sure how to take that. Just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my place to tell you what to do. And honestly, you've been pretty nasty to me. <laughs> okay, but let's say let's say it was your place. 
what would you take to a group like us if it if it was your place to tell us? I'd settle down here in the sea if I were you. Seems like maybe we ought to be on our way. Are you gonna pay for those whiskeys? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah like taps the gun. The forty-five. Yeah, Sheriff, I might be a little short. Ellie, are you gonna pay for these drinks? Yes. Okay. Also, uh, Johnny is demonstrably poor. <laughs> so Ellie covers the price of the whiskeys, and then y'all are y'all are free to hang out for a little while, or or leave. We'll hang out for a minute, and maybe something will happen across town. Meanwhile, at the <laughs> let's cut to Lance Kilkenny. What is going on with Lance and Eric? Well, I'm I'm trying to ride over to the Emporium, figure out what the fuck's going on with a saddle, but... When you say Emporium, you're talking about the store? I guess it's a general store, yeah. All right, uh, then I'll be walking in there. Uh, is Father Flint coming with me? He was going to look for a newspaper. I feel like the general store would be a good place to get one. Yeah, the general store sells the Mesilla Valley Gazette newspaper, and it's actually connected to the newspaper's office and printer. When you go into this store, there's just a doorway on the left that connects to the paper. Oh, perfect. Look at that. Otherwise, the general store is exactly what you'd expect. It's a dimly lit store with creaky floors There is a large counter running along two walls. The majority of items for sale are on shelves behind the counter. You see canned goods, biscuits, tobacco, hardware items, buttons and thread, skillets, pots, medicine, aluminum tubs, boots and shoes, and other necessities for this way of life. On the counter, there are jars full of licorice and jerky and a short stack of newspapers. Behind the counter, there's an elderly woman with her gray hair tied up in a bun with green ribbon, and she's wearing a green dress. She smiled at you as you walked into the store. Yes, may I help you? I'd really appreciate it if you might have uh, any saddles, uh, but for a camel. Did you say a a camel? Yep. It's a tall red fella out there named Eric. I see. Uh, Peculiar. This is a general store, meaning it should generally have a little bit of everything. (laughs) I believe if you want something custom-made, you're going to want to talk to Lopez and his son across the street. They do leather work and blacksmithing and tooth extraction, and I think they can meet your needs better than we can over here. Well, if he works with leathers, then I guess he's the man I want to see. Uh, Although, this talk about... Uh, removing teeth? Yes, would you like that service? Because I, I sometimes assist him. It doesn't sound like you have many teeth left, to be honest with you, but I'll be heading over that way to see about that saddle. Wow. You're quite rude, if you don't mind my saying. 
Well, I don't like the way you sound. <laughs> Lance, before we head over to the blacksmith, can I just check out the newspaper real fast? Yes. Let's do it. Let's let's get some literary in us. I just want to... First, I'm, I'm kind of disoriented. I just want to check the date and make sure that we're... Um, yes. On it's Monday. S- it's Monday. And when did we first head out? Sunday morning is when you hanged Maxwell Posey. So it just seemed like an eternity. Yes, but, but it's, it's been one day. It's been what? a day. Wait. What? This is why I want to just confirm it. I just wanted to confirm it. This is also how the audience feels that the podcast is going. <laughs> You've only had one night, right? At the cabin? One day? <laughs> it's like a day and a half. I didn't know if the dream took like an extended amount of time for sleeping or anything like that. But okay, good to know. You woke up the next day. It was morning. a 30 second DMT hit. And now we're back. <laughs> and we tore through that jerk. Yeah. Uh, how much is a newspaper? Should I ask the editor? Uh, excuse me, father. You can't come in here. This is a private office. What do you need? Uh, I need a newspaper. This is a newspaper, isn't it? Yes, yes. The general store is directly behind you. We are connected for a reason. It is for distribution purposes. Oh, good to know. Okay. Go see Rosa over there. I'm sure she can take care of you. Uh... Great. Thank you so much for all of your help here. Uh, I can't just pick it up. I see one right here. I can't just pick this one up. I can't just have this newspaper. You need to pay for that, son. Bugger off. Who are you calling son? Okay, fuck. Bugger off. (laughs) (laughs) This NPC also uh, wanted to talk about rubbish. There is a secret <laughs> subplot inside Ain't Slayed Nobody about how New Mexico is being taken over by the British. So are you buying the newspaper from Rosa at the general store? I'm buying the paper, and I also want to buy uh, just a little bit of food just for myself, and I might do that kind of secretly. Oh, what, so it's okay to eat now? <laughs> it's okay for me to eat now. <laughs> You're getting a private stash of food? Uh, I just need some protein, probably, right? They're not going to have anything crazy. I'm not going to carry around any pickle jars or anything like that. So I'll probably just get my own stash of of jerky. So Father Flint grabs a little bit of jerky and a newspaper. Uh, Good to note. The only thing that I want to do before we head to the blacksmith is I just want to scan the first maybe page, page and a half of the newspaper for any potential things that might impact our journey. Father Flint scans the Messiah Valley Gazette, and a few stories catch his eye. There is another heat wave expected in the next week, and the article warns laborers to start hydrating now and avoid work during midday if possible. The editor of the paper, your friend, wrote a letter with his opinions on what to do with a nearby abandoned army fort. And there is an interview with Hiram Hadley, the president of a new college called New Mexico College of Agricultural and Mechanical Arts, or New Mexico A&M. This college appears to be in Las Cruces, just a few miles up the road from Mesilla. That fort sounds like something I'd like to avoid. I'll fold up the newspaper and carry it with me. Okay, Father Flint folds up that newspaper and tucks it away. And are you going to head over to the 
leather shop blacksmith two three. All right, so I'm uh, going over there. Father Flint and Lance cross the street and find Lopez, the jack of all trades, and he is hammering away at something on an anvil. His son is nearby, completely absorbed by his work on what you think is a bridle. Both of the men have their backs turned to you. Hey. 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 Buenos dias. What do you want? I was wondering if you'd be able to make me a camel saddle as I uh, have a friend by the name of Eric outside. He happens to be a red-haired camel. Uh, I'd like it a lot if you'd be able to, to make me a saddle just to make the ride easier on both me and him. Did you say a camel? Is this a joke? No, but I do have money for you. And his eyes widen. Quanto? How much? Eh, I can give you ten dollars for the saddle. I have never seen a camel before. Yeah, you want to come outside and look at it? It's just outside, tied up to the post. If uh, if Clifford was a camel, that's what he'd look like. His jaw drops as he looks across the street and sees Eric tied up at the hitching post. Dios mío! How much time do you got? Uh, I've got $20 that says you can do it done right away. Make it 30 and we will get to work. I have about $25. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-seven fifty. I'll give you twenty-eight just for being a good fella. Gracias. You pay now, but we need a few hours to do the work. Will this be leather? Uh, I think most saddles are made out of leather, though I could be wrong. He'd actually like it made of gold. <laughs> Bring that beast over to the shop. All right, I'll go over there and unhitch him and walk him over. Lance fetches Eric and brings him over to Lopez's shop, and Lopez and his son drop everything to get started on measuring this camel and figuring out how they're going to make this saddle. Lance and Father Flint stick close by, since Eric is the most valuable asset in this entire game. And meanwhile, Johnny, Jeremiah, and Ellie spot Eric and they stumble over from the Blue Owl Saloon. This camel's gonna be bigger than every building in this town. How drunk are we? I think you just had the one glass, right? Did we? Three fingers, yeah. I mean, that depends That depends on how deep Ellie's pockets yeah, are. Yeah, and Cup, we've seen some shit today. We've been fucking drinking. <laughs> it's yeah, only so- been one day. <laughs> Maybe we tied one on. I think we got housed. <laughs> the season the season is going to be three days long, but take us two years to produce. So, uh, yeah, y'all can be a little more drunk than we left you because they were they were in the general store and fighting with the newspaper editor for quite a while. You can assume. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey. Raise your hand if you saw your dead brother today. Oh, that's me. Oh, wow. What a good day. (laughs) Uh And then 
Um, an amazing thing happens. We flash forward two to three hours, and there is a beautifully handmade camel saddle ready to go, ready for Eric. Hooray. <laughs> what a great passage of time. I'm sober now. <laughs> How does this saddle look to you? Uh, the, it, the, it'll work. It'll work for what we're trying to do here. I'd like to. I'd like to test it out first, though. Okay. <laughs> like the Footlocker, a little track around the the blacksmith station, uh, so you can you can try out your new saddle on Eric. <laughs> All right. How does how does it work? He takes your driver's license first, though. It's so much more comfortable for you, Lance. You feel a lot of relief in your hind parts. Right. All right. Then I'm happy with it. Lopez kind of sizes up your party and is trying to figure out what the hell y'all are going to do with this camel. Vaya con Dios. Ellie, I think it's time we head out of town. Are you ready to go? Yeah, it's time to go. Actually, I read that there's a new college up north of here. Uh, new Mexico A&M. Maybe we do a bit more research about what's going on around here. Yeah, let's go to the college. Okay, Father Flint unfolds his newspaper and points to that article he read in the general store. It says here that mascot is the Aggies. Giggle Aggies. I don't think that's true in 1891, but we are definitely calling them Aggies. Absolutely. All right, I'll lead the way here on Eric. That way, uh, it won't be uh, too hard to spot me if we get separated somehow. Riding my 10-foot fucking camel named Eric the Red. 20, 20 foot. No, y'all blew it. I tried to make him 20 feet tall and, and you complained, so now he's half size. He's, he's 10 feet tall. Still probably the largest camel that ever lived. All right. It sounds like we're off to college. Let's ride Eric. Hiya! Most folks in town stand outside watching with pointed curiosity as our investigators head off down the dusty street. Their eyes move between the gun belts on their hips and that big red camel. Dutch and the newspaper editor chat on the steps of the general store with folded arms. Rosa has crossed the street and passes cigarettes to Lopez and his son. Our party rides toward a new college in Las Cruces in search of answers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our Wolfpack at patreon.com slash ain't slayed. 
or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you and good luck out there.